0: Well, how many are here to to hear a message today? Amen. Amen. Well, really, that's good. But really, you, you're here to do a message, right? Yeah. We're here for the purpose of doing. Amen. Yeah. Yep. Go with us to uh, go to Isaiah today. Isaiah chapter 30. And you're believing with us for utterance. Hallelujah. And we're going to stay focused on what God's told us to do, right? Amen. Stay hooked up. Keep receiving. Keep doing. Do not be discouraged if, if you don't see results the day after. Let me and some others here that have walked with God year after year, let you know that when you walk with him consistently, there are results. We don't determine payday which day it is That's right. but let me just promise you uh, what the Bible says that God's not unrighteous to forget your labor of love and the work that you've done and what you've shown toward him and what you've done for him he will not forget amen on the other hand you know he's not waiting on us as, uh, as much as we think sometimes you know a lot of time I'm sorry we're not waiting on him as much as we think a lot of times he's waiting on us you know glory to God Don't be discouraged. Don't be offended. Right? Because if you can be, you will be. Right? Just be, be a person that won't be. Are you in Isaiah 30? I want to bless you with the 21st verse. It says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. Great verse, yeah. great verse. If you don't have that one marked, you might want to have it marked. But of course, in, in, you know, in the New Testament, we're not looking for a voice behind us necessarily because God lives in us. Yes. Praise, God. Praise God. And so we're learning to look down on the inside. Yeah. But isn't it precious that even under the old covenant, when they weren't born again, God provided for them to be led and provided that guidance be given to them for every detail of life, huh? Didn't it say when you turn to the right and when you turn to the left, you're going to have a guide. You're going to you're going to have somebody who's been there before that says this is the way you go. Walk in it. Praise God in every detail and in all the affairs of life. We are privileged brothers and sisters to be led by the spirit of God. This is this is uh, it shouldn't be such a secret, but it is such a secret when I mean what I mean by that is that so much of the church world is ignorant that there that it is possible to be led. Hmm? I mean, the, the, they would look to the spirit of God as a last resort. But that's supposed to be the first place that you and I look when we're making decisions and when he brings stuff to us and when we're making plans and doing different things and uh, just in everything Being led is the answer. You know, it it might even sound like a cop out when people ask you, well, what do you do about this situation? What do you do about this situation? You know what the answer to the question is? Be led. Be led. Well, what an easy answer, right? But yet it is the answer to a million questions. You must learn to be led by the Spirit. Well, who's that for? Romans 8 says, uh, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Every child of God should expect every day of their life to be led by the Spirit of God. Yet we must learn how He leads. How does He lead? Well, verse six, we just quoted verse 14. Verse 16 tells us the main way, of course. Uh, the Spirit Himself bears witness. Other translations say testifies, prompts Amen. Impresses you on the inside that we're the children of God. That's right. yes. Everyone who's a child of God has that inner witness, that inner prompting, that inner testifying. Right. You know, almost any word you can use, you're, you're almost looking for adjectives, right? right. Yeah. That We'll just say it this way, that something on the inside yes. belongs to every single child of God. And that is the number one way, the most common way. And that God leads and the way that everybody can claim as their own. Amen. How come? Because it says he testifies that we're the children of God. If he'll do that, then he'll do it for every child. Amen. Amen. We know every child can be led that way. We also saw in the book of Acts, particularly where the spirit speaks. He can speak on the inside of you. God speaking on the inside of you. Isn't that awesome? Like he did in that back room there for me when he said, keep preaching it, boy. Well, see, I I knew it. See, I know my father. And John, uh, John, the 10th chapter says we're his sheep and we know his voice and the voice of a stranger we won't follow. And so all of us can learn to be attuned to God's voice. The way you do that particularly is you you, you learn his voice by what he's already said to you in the word. Amen. And then and then when other things come to you and they're in line with that, well, you recognize that that's him. That's him. You know, the disciples who walked with Jesus got, began to learn his characteristics. They didn't get it all at first, but after a while, they got to know what was him. Right. Yeah. And so even after Jesus was risen from the dead and he wasn't with them all the time, but had been appearing to him, um, it's just real interesting that they're on a boat fishing. Right. And, and all of a sudden they see this guy on the shore calling to him. You remember? And he said, do you guys have any fish? Yeah. I think Jesus was messing with them. Yeah. And uh, and Jesus said, no, no. And Jesus is probably thinking and you never did until I came along. But uh, professional fishermen, too, you know. But uh, Jesus said, cast it on the right side of the boat. And they did. And then here's 153 huge fish yep. right there. And, and Peter spoke up and he said, ah, that's him. Yep. That's him. How did they know it was him? They couldn't see him. You know, and he's, he's looking a little different in his glorified state. Uh, and way off on shore. How'd they know it was him? Well, the, see, they got to know how he works. They got to know his characteristics. And so uh, we've said it many times, but it bears repetition. If you'll get to know him, you'll know when it's him. <laughs> Almost so simple that you'd, that you'd choke over it. But what do we say? If you'll get to know him, then you'll know when it's him. You know, when my wife calls me on the phone, she just says, hey, sweetie. She doesn't say, hello, Mr. Siegel. I'd like to introduce myself. This is Amy, your wife. Why? Well, she doesn't have to say, how come? See, I've gotten to know her, so I know when it's her. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can just look at the caller ID. Exactly. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So we, we get to know him. He'll speak to you. At times and uh, it's interesting that if you'll notice the times when the when the disciples heard the Lord speak uh, most often it was after a time of prayer or at a time where they had tuned their spirits to be sensitive to him yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. amen and so uh, we've said to you that that these this whole series of messages on how to be led in the different ways the Lord leads. He wants this for every child, but every child's not going to be in position to receive that leading because not every child of God is a spirit-ruled individual. Some are so led by their flesh that if you were to teach these things to them, right, if you were to teach about following something on the inside, what are you talking about? You you have to be a spiritual or spirit. your spirit stronger than your flesh, your mind renewed with the word, Actually doing the word of God, you have to be a doer of the word for these things to work for you now. Otherwise, you'll get off into goofiness. Amen. It takes sensitivity. To hear some things. Have you ever turned off the music and heard other things going on? Hmm. You ever turned off the TV and then there's somebody, somebody's knocking at your door calling you. Why didn't you hear them before? Well, too much other stuff was going on. Weren't sensitive to it, you see. Amen. So the spirit speaks that still small voice. He can also speak, as we showed you, in an audible or what seems to be an audible fashion. Right. Right? Go with me today to Acts chapter two. This this particular scripture we looked at some last week. However, many of you were uh, on a Thanksgiving holiday last week, which is just fine as long as you come back, you know. But we will read this scripture again and we're talking about and we very well may conclude these this particular series of messages this morning. Um, We've been talking about the final three ways that we want to make mention of that the spirit of God would lead. And if you'll notice in Acts chapter two, the 17th verse, it says in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will what? Prophesy. Prophesy. Your young men will see what? Visions. Visions. And your old men will dream dreams. dreams. Prophecy, visions and dreams are three additional ways that we want to talk about that the spirit of God can bring guidance, can bring direction and can lead people. We talked to you already about prophecy. Did we not? And we told you what is prophecy? It is simply uh, inspired speaking. And uh, What we mean by inspire, inspired is the Lord will come on an individual and give them uh, a message for others. Yeah. 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 Right. Now, this was, of course, the primary way in the old covenant that people were led. They weren't led by the spirit within. The spirit wasn't within. So the spirit of God would come on the prophet in the Old Testament. Amen. And he'd say, well, thus says the Lord, go and do such and such. And that was their leading. But in the New Testament, which is a better covenant, you have the spirit on the inside. So the the role of the prophet, though his ministry works that same way, or not just the prophet, but anybody, any Christian who would who is available in the Lord would choose to use in this manner. Amen. Because any Christian who's yielded to God can at times be used. Hmm? And it doesn't have to be a big, uh, (laughs) let's say, you don't have to jerk and shake and and uh, even be dressed up for. it, Amen. But but yet you can just be impressed on the inside strong right. to where, and, and you just you don't even have to say thus saith the Lord right. <laughs> in, in yeah. King James talk. You know, you can just say, you know, it just seems to me that such and such might be the way you're supposed to go on that. Yeah. 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 Right, yeah. Well, we are we are to take that and not just swallow it at face value, but but match it up. Against what is in my heart already. Well, if all you need is what's in your heart. Why, why this gift? Because, because you know as well as I. Not everybody's at a place where they're listening to their heart. And a lot of times when circumstances are shouting real, real loud and strong at you. It can be hard, hard difficult to quiet the mind. Yeah. Right? And even focus on your spirit. But, but when somebody says something. Ministers something to you. It it, it kind of jars you in that direction. And then you check down on the inside and you see if that's just not what's on the inside to begin with. That's the that's the what I believe proper and scriptural role of prophecy where direction is concerned for the individual today. If, if somebody, and, and you, you know what, if, if people are walking around calling themselves, saying, well, I'm a prophet, here's what God's telling you. When, right when they start by saying, I'm a prophet, is when, is when my red flag goes up. Because nobody who actually stands in that office is even believing for that. <laughs> because of the immense responsibility that's attached to it. Amen. There are people who stand in the office of a prophet. But most of them are not the ones going around telling you that that's who they are. If you got to tell somebody you are, you probably aren't. Yeah. 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 But if somebody tells you, you know, it's just the Lord's impressing me to, to, to tell you such and such. And if it's completely opposite of what's in your heart, you're you're to discount right. and forget about and don't let it torment you and bother you. What that person spoke to you, because these gifts All the gifts of the spirit, you understand, they flow through humans and the gifts themselves are perfect, but the humans aren't. You know, God has never run a flawed prophecy through anybody. But but many times it has gotten flawed and tainted on the way out. Why? Because it's just so easy to mix your own interpretation and your own thinking with it. Amen. Hallelujah. And besides, you're, you're following. It's not like you get a printout. On the inside, you get unction just like you just like you get, you know, when you speak in tongues and every Christian has that privilege. Right. When you speak in tongues, you don't get a printout ahead of time and sit there and read something off. You have unction and you have to step out in faith and yield to that unction. Right. That's just how it works with prophecy. There's just something, you know, something that uh, that just comes up. You may have the first word of it. You you may have a line of it, but you just step out in faith and there comes the rest. Hallelujah. So we thank God and we don't diminish the fact that there there is this great way uh, that guidance and help can come. And we gave you some illustrations last week about that. But right on the other hand, we don't put an undue emphasis on it and put too much emphasis on it, because regardless of what comes forth, it can be a great encouragement to you. And we've had times. I mean, one of the first times we went, um, we we knew who Dr. Dufresne was, you know, we knew and he knew who we were and. And uh, just had a little, I mean, maybe a half hour in my whole life of uh, when we were at the same hotel, sitting in the hot tub outside in New Mexico. And he was just sharing about ministry and stuff. And that's really the only encounter I had. And then many years later, we went up to Canada to see him, to Mississauga. And uh, we're up there. And I mean, the place was packed, probably, oh, probably about 700 people that that room would hold up there. And we're sitting in about the third row. Didn't tell anybody we were coming. And he's ministering. He stopped the whole service to speak to us. Well, he didn't know. He didn't know hardly anything about us, you know, then. And and we didn't we didn't take much of a clue that, hey, there's there's a connection here, you know, at that time. But uh, we were so thankful. It bore witness with what was in our heart and some things that we were dealing with and going through. And it seemed like seemed, seemed like we were we were pushing up against something and it was just pushing right up. Back against us and we weren't making progress, you know, like we had thought. Well, see, that word helped us and it agreed with what was in our spirit. Praise the Lord. Well, God's also able to work through dreams, as we talked about. Yet we mentioned to you, did we talk about dreams? Okay, Uh, And and we said to you that there is not much scripture in the New Testament concerning dreams uh, in the church age. Yet we do have this here in the book of Acts where it says In the last days, this will happen. We'll just reiterate this. If it's a dream from God, there won't be confusion about it. There won't be fear about it. There'll be a peace about it and there'll be clarity about it. And you don't need to call a dream interpreter. Hmm? You might as well call the psychic hotline before you go to a Christian who's a dream interpreter. If I could be so bold as to say as to say that. Because they're patterning their ministry after something that Joseph and Daniel did which was a manifestation of the spirit of God on them. And here again, old different covenant, inferior covenant. If you if you have a dream and it's going crossways with what's already in your heart, stick with what's in your heart. Now, in Acts chapter 16, if you go there, I want to talk to you about visions today. Everybody say thank God for visions. Acts 16. This is a great church, isn't it? On fire. I mean, the the people here just have to they just have to work not to explode every two seconds. Just so full of God. So full. Everybody is full of something. You're full of whatever you feed on. That's right. Hallelujah. Well, in Acts chapter 16, verse 6, it says, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. Question everybody. It wasn't it the Holy Spirit that inspired these words go into all the world. And preach the gospel to every creature. And now he's stopping them and saying, don't go. Why the contradiction? Well, Jesus's words go into all the world. Of course, were a general leading for the whole body of Christ. And don't you know it, that that commission belongs to all of us. That's all of our assignment. We're supposed to be going into all the world. Right. But you're located where? We'll just call it Buffalo for lack of it. So we don't mention every town. Right. So this is your world. And besides that, you get in a local church and, and, and you're faithful to give like you are. Then we're, we're putting we're sending others who are called to be in the Sudan. Aren't you glad you're not called to be in the Sudan? In India and Pakistan and all that. Aren't you glad? But right on the other hand, if, if God said he wanted you to go, how many say, OK, I'm willing. I'm willing. Hallelujah. We, we, we are our bags are packed, so to speak. You know what I mean? If God's if God says, OK, stop this. Go do something else. Goodbye. Love you. Sorry. We'll miss you. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I could care less what the assignment is. Yeah, right. There's certainly things that I would have to get willing to do. <laughs> but if God called me, right, we're willing. We're willing. So uh, the Holy Spirit kept them. How did he keep them? Well, we're not told. So if we're not told, we might just conclude that something on the inside wasn't letting them go. Something was dealing with them. Ah, don't do this. Don't go. You ever had that? If you live very long and are sensitive to your heart, there will be times where you're about to do something. And on the inside doesn't mean it's a major tragedy going to occur, but he wanted to lead you. I mean, there's times where you if you're at home, not so much this way anymore because of cell phones. But there used to be times if you weren't at home, you'd miss an important call. Yeah. And you could be going out, getting ready to go out somewhere, We're getting ready to head out the door. We've had this happen. And the Lord deal with me. No, 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 no. Don't go. Yeah. Stay at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And something somebody call and something somebody set something up that we would have missed. I know different times, you know, maybe a music engagement. Hey, are you working tomorrow night? Uh, I need somebody. And and if and if I wasn't there to say yes, they would have gone right down the line, called somebody else. Right. All because you stayed home. Hallelujah. So the spirit, I could stop and preach on every verse. You know that the spirit kept them. From preaching the word in the province of Asia, when they came to the border of Mycenae, they tried to enter Bithynia. But the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to do so. There's another red light. No, can't go in here. Not here, not yet, not now, not time. So they passed by Mycenae and went down to Troas. Can I, now, can I say this to you, brothers and sisters? Notice what they were doing this whole time. They were not sitting on their hands doing nothing. They had a call to go, didn't they? It came in Acts chapter 13. Where, where the Spirit said, separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereto I've called them. So they had this commission to go and notice what they were doing. They were following with all the direction that they currently had. They were endeavoring to move that way. And that's when the next piece of direction came. Amen. Now, this is a key here, everybody. There's so many folk uh, in the body of Christ where if they would just get busy doing What God had told them to do, they'd find out that next step that they're praying so anxiously about. I know uh, one minister was trying to help this individual and getting no results. And it just seemed like this person, you might you might have met people like this, just seems like for some reason or another, they're they're not bad people. They're decent people. But it just seems like they get you you try and help them get results. And it seems like they're worse off than ever before. Hmm. And so this minister was praying and asking the Lord, why, why is this person? Because you, when you're helping people, you try, you'd like to get some results. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not on God's side. No. Yeah. And so this, he's, he's praying, why is this person, why are we not getting him results? And, in, in, you know, they were praying about this person's ministry that they thought they were called to. And the Lord dealt with this individual, spoke to his spirit, this minister, and said, I told him to do two things many years ago. And he hasn't done either of them. Number one, get in a church and be faithful. Number two, get a job and keep it. (laughs) (laughs) And until he does that, there's no more instruction coming. Do you know how many Christians are right there in that spot where God has to deal with him on that little? Number one, he's he's got good plans for him. He's got big things for him. But get in a church, be faithful, show up, volunteer. But that's not my ministry. And you're never going to find out what your ministry is until you get behind the vacuum or whatever the case may be. You know, get behind the soundboard. And then number two, this is a big one. Get a job and keep it. You'd think, well, never mind. Praise the Lord. So there look, brother and sister. They might not know exactly where to go, but they got the boat pointed in the direction that they last knew. Don't miss this. Don't miss that. So because of that, because they were in position, we could say. Verse 9. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. There's There's the direction. There it is. After Paul had seen the what? The vision. We got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So Paul hears, receives direction and in a pretty spectacular form, wouldn't you say? He saw a vision. Let's talk about what a vision is. We all live in the age of television. And that's exactly what it does. It tells a vision. Right. It tells you what it wants you to see. Right? Yeah, yeah. okay. And so you got to make sure you want to see what it wants you to see. Yeah. Hallelujah. So um, he had a vision. What is a vision where Christianity is concerned? It's seeing into the realm of God, yeah. seeing into that spirit realm. Yeah. Seeing. Well, what do we mean by seeing? Well, that can take a couple different forms. Let's talk about visions. Because does the Lord lead through visions? Evidently, we just saw it right here. This, you know, this says it was a vision in the nighttime. And I guess we could interpret that to say, well, maybe that was a dream. However, when the Bible does talk about dreams, it uses that word and it's a different word. This was a vision that came in the night. He might have been up in the night. So uh, a vision. What's a vision like? What's it like to have a vision? It can be in different forms. Uh, the, the, the most elementary form of that is simply just w- with your senses intact. You're not seeing anything physically, but you're seeing into the spirit. Almost hard to put words on, but, but you see, and I've had this happen where uh, in ministry, sometimes just in a, in a flash or in a second, I'll just see myself do something. Or minister to somebody in a certain way. And then I'll just go act that out. Seeing. You can see in the spirit realm. Then how many have ever read in Acts chapter 10? I know you probably have if you're if you're a a Christian because you because Christians that go to church here, they read the word, you know. So you've read about Peter when he went up on a housetop to to do what? Play Scrabble. Hmm. Send some text, text message, No, return some email. No, he was up praying. Just it's interesting when these things happen in the Bible. He's up on the house, top praying. And then it says he fell into a trance and saw a vision. And the vision he saw was uh, this great sheet coming down. And then and, and the Lord ministered to him through that. But but notice this in this vision, his physical senses were suspended. He was in a trance. Now, you might say, well, that just sounds so goofy and weird and psychic. No, it's Bible. It's Bible. The goofy, weird psychics have just are more proficient in these things than Christians, you know. So uh, I've experienced this, been in services, particularly when when I was traveling with, with Dad Hagen. And I mean, I'd be in the you know, first or second row like these folks here and Brother Hagin's he's ministering. And I mean, the power of God's being poured out and the anointing is so strong and it's affecting you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's supposed to if you're yielding, yeah. if you're yielding to God, then the things of God are supposed to yeah. affect you. And I, there were times I don't mean every service. I mean, like a handful of times in the whole time I traveled with him that I'd be sitting there. And because he's so close. I'm getting a triple dose of all this yeah. and the power of God's on me so strong that for lack of a better term, let me just say, say it this way. I got stuck yeah. in a particular position. I mean, just like yeah. the anointing was so strong on me that I just couldn't move anything. My eyes weren't blinking. I mean, I was just yeah. Yeah. just stuck. Yeah. Yeah. The power of God's real, you know, it's tangible. Thank God we have a church. We can talk about these things and everybody doesn't pack up their stuff and walk out because there are churches where if you said these things, they would in the middle of it, get up and leave. Especially if it was close to quitting time. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about you. See, I'm hungry for all. Can I stop long enough here to say this? We'll wind this down. That you can see you can't believe God for a vision or a dream right? Or a prophecy. And what I mean by that is there's nowhere in the scripture where God's promised that He's going to lead you like that in this particular way at this particular time. But what we are to do is have faith for these things as the Lord wills in general to be in the to be happening. Amen. What did we say? What did we say we do have faith for? That inner witness, man, we, we know because everybody that's a child of God qualifies. We know that we can all be believing for that. But you can't you can't say, God, unless you give me a vision, I won't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, right. that's just being hard headed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Peter fell into a trance uh, a couple of those times. I'd, I'd be, be stuck and it wasn't until Brother Hagen would come and smack me on the head and really. And what did that do? That just, that released that little current of power and I can move again. Uh, Hard to explain these things. Best way to explain is just to have it. Just to have the power flowing. Well, anyhow, but I didn't see, I didn't necessarily see a vision during that. I'm just saying I've experienced the trance part of it. Peter saw a vision, his physical senses were suspended. Well, then there's another kind of vision that we have scripture regarding. Um, where your, your physical senses are perfectly intact, yet you're seeing not just in the spirit realm with the eyes of your spirit, but you're seeing physically and hearing physically. Uh, whatever kind of visitation, whether it's Jesus or an angel or whatever you're seeing in the spirit realm, you're seeing that just as clear as I'm seeing you. Yes. Yes. That would be that highest form of it. How many remember when Jesus went up to the mountain with James, Peter and John and they all saw Jesus transfigured and they saw Moses and Elijah appear? Do you remember that? Well, how do you know their senses were intact? Because they were running their mouths, weren't they, about it? Talking. Remember Peter, who was the one running his mouth, as usual, right? (laughs) But he learned. Peter said, hey, this is awesome. Why don't you let us build a couple of huts here, one for most, you know, when, sometimes when you don't know what to say, you say the dumbest things. <laughs> you ever seen a guy who, who uh, you know, wants so bad to talk to a girl, and when he finally does, he oh just opens his mouth, and it all comes out backwards. Yeah. You know, I did that in college one time. There was this pretty girl who was in a class with me. She, she never should have been wearing as little as she was, but, you know, in college, I didn't, uh, I, that was just fine with me. And I went to say something to her. Only one word I ever said to her. I went to say something to her. I leaned over to say it, and my voice cracked about five times. And I just got so embarrassed, I never spoke to her again. How are you doing? Fine, Scooby. How are you doing today? What does that have to do with visions? Oh, we were talking about. So and then uh, Peter and James and John, they all saw. They saw. Well, see, God can speak through uh, Paul on the road to Damascus. He saw, saw the Lord. The Lord appeared to him, received guidance, received direction. Everybody say, thank God for all the ways that the spirit of God leads us. Now, would you give me would you give me just a few more minutes today? Thank you, because um, I want to address this right before we, we're done today. What about those times where he doesn't seem to be leading and we're wondering? Everybody, anybody ever had that? There's there's reasons for that. Let's talk about that, because it's not a fa- I'll tell you what it's not. It's not a failure of God. One thing is. Uh, We already kind of addressed it. If you haven't listened to what he already has said, number one way, if if you're not listening to what he's spoken to you in the word of God, why is he going to speak anything else? Being led by the Spirit, brother and sister, is not a substitute for the word. Going to a meeting where everyone's prophesying over each other is not a substitute for the word. But then another thing along these lines. So, uh, you know, let me finish this thought. So many people are in the position that if they would go back to that last thing that God told them to do that they have not done yet and start doing it, the next direction would come. But now another another truth along these lines, What, what about when when God doesn't say anything to me about it? I want to give you an example from Brother Hagen's ministry in life, if I can, because he made a statement. God bless you. He made a statement that I just thought was was worth repeating. I've heard him say, I go as much by what God doesn't say as by what he does say. Do you get that? Yeah. I go as much by what he doesn't say as what he does say. Well, that was interesting to me. So I listened real good when he was talking about that. What do you mean? I go as much by what he doesn't say. And then he gave this illustration back in the probably in the 60s. um, How many were around for a big recession in the 70s, early 70s? I remember uh, I was old enough, just a little boy, of course, but I was old enough to remember waiting in line with my dad for gasoline. Hmm? And the lines just wrapped around. How many remember those lines? You've seen pictures of them, no doubt, if you haven't. Uh, It was something, man. It really was. My dad bought him a moped during that time big huge helmet for this big little for this tiny little bike, you know. Bottom of a moped, a Honda Hobbit. Used it twice and kept it in the shed. What a great investment. Thing got a million miles per hour like a, I mean a miles per gallon like 100 miles a gallon. He only used the thing twice that I remember, and then the gas thing let up. And it sat in our shed for about 25 years till we had to give it away for, you know, when he died. Woo! My brother got to clean out that shed. I used my faith for that. I didn't want to clean out that one. The other one Hurricane Wilma took. Oh, Glory man. to God. <laughs> it did. Blew the thing to who knows where. <laughs> my dad wouldn't throw anything out. See, he came through the Great Depression, but it never came through him. It got stuck in him. <laughs> we don't throw anything out in my, with my dad. Praise the Lord. That's not what we're talking about. Well, So this recession was coming up. Brother Hagan. Was, uh, was traveling, you know, at that time, full-time in ministry. And he woke up in the middle of the, in the, middle of the night, well, maybe close to the 5 o'clock in the morning, or so sat straight up in bed and heard the Lord speak to him. And the Lord spoke and said, a recession, not a depression, but a recession is coming. You need to get ready for it. Right. And he instructed him, you release, you go back home, and you release 17 employees. told him which ones, and the Lord said, their heart's not with you anyhow. Release them and then take take a certain percentage of everything that comes into the ministry and save it and put it up. Well, he did just that. He followed. See, that's that's guidance. So he followed that direction and he said, well, that thing came and went and we didn't miss a beat. You know, we were okay. Other ministries were going under. Well, then in the process of time, uh, another one came along, you know, after several years. And, and, and uh, he's praying during this recession. And he finally asked the Lord, how come you haven't said anything to me about this like you did the first time? And the Lord ministered back to him, spoke to him. Has it affected you at all? Yeah. And he said, well, no, not really. He said, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. Good illustration. Yeah, yeah. He's not going to speak when it's not necessary. That's right. That's right. Does that make some sense to you? It didn't affect them. That's cool to be able to go through a recession and not affect you. Amen. Amen. And so there's, there's times where, look, the Lord's not better. Even more outstanding example. OK, this will be the last thing. Uh, when Brother Hagen was traveling to this one place, he was staying in the home of the of the pastor and his wife. And in the, uh, they were resting in the afternoon. And all of a sudden, they hear somebody crying like somebody just died. And it was the pastor's wife. So he sent his wife out to go see what's going on. And uh, the, the pastor's uh, Brother Hagin's wife came back and said, well, you better come out here. And it turns out that the pastor's wife's niece was on a bus trip traveling by herself. You know, they used to travel by bus a lot, the Greyhound stations. And uh, she she got off a bus on on one of the layovers because they don't go straight. They have terminals. And she never got back on. Pretty blonde little 16 year old girl. And they're, they're fearing that she got kidnapped or something. She never got back on the bus. And so, you know, this is uh, this is her her niece. And then so so the pastor's wife is just all beside herself, you know. And Brother Hagen speaks up, went out there. He said it would just break your heart to hear her crying like that. And he said, sister, don't cry like that. It's OK. She just got on the wrong bus. That's all. I'm going to know you're not supposed to mess around with people just to get them to hush. I mean, that's not comfort to say something that God didn't tell you to say. Right. But then so, so, so this lady says she looks up through her tears, dries herself off and said, Brother Hagen, did God tell you that? Brother Hagen said no. He said, but. I'd stake my I'd stake all my years of ministry on it. And that's when he said I was much by what he doesn't say as what he does say. Now, this won't work for Meathead. But but here's what Brother Hagin said. He said, I he said, I've never in all my years of ministry, I've never stayed in somebody's home and had them show me hospitality. I've never had that happen yet. To where if somebody in their family was going to die or something, something was going to happen uh, uh, up to a year ahead of time, the Lord would tell me and help me to get them ready. Yeah. And he said and he hasn't said anything. Oh, right, right, right. But see, you have to. And he used this term. The Lord and I have a working agreement. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Do you know you can have a working agreement yeah. with him? Yeah. I said you can have a working agreement with him. To where you can you can get to know him so well and know his leading that if he doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. that's right. Phew, you've heard the story from Dr. Dufresne about when when they were up in the air and that engine went on the airplane. And there you know, they're they're arranging an emergency landing. And Pastor Nancy was just in, in the back with with some friends of mine, actually, who were singing uh, and traveling with them at the time, and she looked back. She said, "Well, God hadn't told me anything about it, so I know it's going to be okay." Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Yeah. So there's times where He doesn't speak, and take your cue from that. Yeah. Yeah. But but you can see how you, 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 this wouldn't work for somebody if they if they haven't developed any sensitivity at all. Yeah. You you'd almost wouldn't want to say that. But I believe y'all, are a mature crowd, yeah. how little stand up today? Stretch yourself out a little bit and then I'll give you part two. Yeah. <laughs> All right. okay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He'll lead us in every area you can think. Of. He'll lead you in your marriage. Yes. Yes. Listen to me, husbands. He'll lead you in your marriage. He'll, he'll deal with you. Don't say what you're about to say. <laughs> yeah. Wives, uh-huh. he'll deal with you. Now's not the time to say that. No, I told you so. He'll deal with you in parenting. He'll lead you financially. He'll lead you. He'll lead you like that testimony today. He'll lead you to better health in your body. He led that individual. Don't do the medication. How many know medication might be what the Lord leads you to do? But he led them. Don't go that route. He might lead you on your diet. Different stuff like that. He'll lead you Shopping. I said, he'll lead you. He'll lead you to the right deals at the right time. Yeah. How many excited about the opportunity today as you leave here to be led? Looking to him for everything. And don't you know he's going to lead you into some good things? Well, I'm believing and you believe with me. I'm believing that within within the next month that uh, I'm going to take a Wednesday night service and share with you uh, some things that the Lord's done in our life over the last uh, about the last seven months or so that we believe are about to come to, to fruition. Um, and it's all 100 percent happening because of what we've been teaching right here on being led by the spirit. And we'll, we'll do that. Um, it, has, it has to do with some financial, some material things, different things like that. But uh, I think it would be exciting for you. But I'm excited to hear your testimonies. Yes. Amen. Amen. About being led by the Spirit of God. Yes. And it's going to be a blessing. Amen. I wouldn't want to go through a recession without being able to hear from God. Be led. Yes. Wouldn't be able to wouldn't want to live in the world. We are with all the danger and travel like like we do sometimes without being led. Yes. Thank everybody. Say this. Thank God, thank God. For, the for the privilege of being led by the Spirit. Now lift your hands and thank him for it. Oh, thank you. Praise you that we can be led in everything, every time, in every way. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God.